Welcome to Unity of Tucson. That was really magnificent. I had a dream once, <laughs> just once, that uh, when I went into ministry, one of the most important aspects for me in ministry is music. And it was always important to me that I attract to me in my life magnificent musicians. And I feel that I have done that. And I'm really grateful to you. I want to start today asking a question, as I, you know, I often ask questions to begin. Today I want to start with asking you this question, and it's rhetorical. <laughs> I want you to just check in your heart right here and right now with what comes up when I ask you this. What were you expecting this morning? What were you expecting this morning? And then maybe even to narrow it down a little bit more, to bring it a little bit more close to our hearts. What are you expecting right in this moment? We live in infinite expectation. Whether we have an awareness of what it is we are expecting or not, we are living in a consistent state of expectation. And one of the great tools that we can adopt in our lives, I believe, is to bring to the level of awareness that which we are expecting in any given moment, to really deepen into the way it is playing out in our lives. So what are you expecting in any given moment? As you move about your day, you know, you're going to have this experience here. This experience will find its conclusion um, in about three hours. <laughs> Weren't expecting that, were you? <laughs> but you're gonna have an experience. This experience will come to a conclusion and you're going to move through those doors and you're gonna go on to another experience. And what is the expectation that you have in any given moment around what it is you are going to experience in life? There is this thing that uh, will help, I believe, and that is to deepen into the understanding that our expectations are rooted in our core beliefs about how life is going to unfold. We are each and every one of us walking around with ideas, beliefs, already, already established premises in our minds. And those are showing up as our experience. So are you expecting the good or are you expecting something else? One of my favorite writers is Ralph Waldo Emerson. You know, early on in the training, we read Emerson's essays and we delve into them and I have taught Emerson's essays now. And there's this one, in, in his essay circles, there is this one quote that really was welling up for me today and it is this. <laughs> he wrote this, 
People wish to be settled. Only as far as they are unsettled is there any hope for them. People wish to be settled. Don't we wish to be settled? Don't we wish, oh, I wish, I, I wish life was easier. I wish it was just all oh, right. But there's a level of excitement and letting go of that expectation. And that's what this is really all about. We can bring to mind the idea of the expectation, but perhaps let go of any expectation. Live in surprise. Be unsettled in our life and see what happens. I got goosebumps just thinking about that idea how exciting it could be if I let go of what I already think I know and open up to the divine circuits to flow through and show up in unexpected ways as life so today I start off by saying let us both embrace expectations and release expectations it is a paradox it is a paradox. How we choose to live life. How we choose to live life. I realized one thing in my life that when I lived in deep expectation of things turning out some way, some way or another, that that was the only time I could truly be disappointed. It's the only time I could truly be confronted with experiences in relationship where I might take something personally. And I'm willing now to let that go. I don't have to take things personally any longer in my life. How about you? I don't have to take things personally, but you know what? It doesn't mean I need to take them as they are because I'm in charge of my experience. You are in charge of your experience. Each and every one of us is in charge of our experience of this thing called life. And so as we let go of expectations or reveal the expectations that are below the level of awareness, we are then putting ourselves in charge of the entire experience of life. Ah, oh, how good that feels. When I am expecting, when I am in expectancy, well, life either goes this way or that. So what are you expecting? And are you willing to let go of the expectation? Um, expectation two, actually I had a brief moment out in the foyer before the celebration today. And I actually heard myself say, I hope that this week is as good an experience as last week. And I thought to myself in that moment, I said, oh no, I'm gonna be talking about this today. I don't hope. <laughs> I expect. <laughs> I expect this week to be as good, if not better, than last week. And you know what? Why do I even go into a place of comparison? Because this is a unique experience right here and right now. I don't need to compare it to anything in the past, and I don't need to compare it to anything that I think may unfold in the future. Am I sp I'm speaking fast. I'm sorry. I'll slow down. <laughs> I just get so excited. Expectation is not hope. Hope is good. You know, uh, for those of you who may be new here, I, I, I promise probably after a year or two, I will stop doing this caveat. <laughs> I was trained in religious science and became a unity minister. And so sometimes I go to my religious science background and I pull up quotes of Dr. Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of religious science. And there's a great quote that I live with in my life. He said this, hope 
is good. It's better than despair. <laughs> but, and you know when you say but, it negates everything before it. Hope is good, it's better than despair, but it is an unconscious compromise. When we live in hope, we have an expectation that something could go wrong. So let's let go of hope. Let us take to heart the expectancy of the all good, which is what we teach here, because God is consistently unfolding itself as the all good that is manifest by means of each and every one of us. That's the great thing about expectation and the expectation of the all good. So let us never compromise our good by living in hope. Now, hope now, now, if hope comes up for you, I want to be really clear. If hope is as far as you can get, that's okay. Be there. But then talk to people who will support you to move past that limitation of hope and move into the place of expectancy. Find the people that will support you in that. They may be in this very room. I think also we need to let go of past ideas that don't serve. You know, I talk about that a lot. It's really 90% of what New Thought teachings talk about is let go of those things, right? Uh, there was a quote that came to my awareness this week, and I always butcher his name. So uh, he, was the second, he was the second Secretary General of the United Nations, Dag Hammarskjöld. And he said this, you ready? For all that has been, thank you. For all that is to come, yes. So, letting go of expectation or bringing to the level of awareness our expectations, releasing any sense of hope, we can let go of what has gotten us to this moment, whether we call it good or bad, but whether we call it good or bad, let us say thank you because it is what has gotten us here. And if we're living in the expectancy of the all good, then for all that is to come, yes. What if we took that as an affirmation that we woke up with every single morning? For all that is to come, yes. How might that change our experience of life? I didn't put that in the homework, but I'm going to make that part of the homework. Every morning, I want us all to wake up. When we wake up, I want us all to go in and look at ourselves in the mirror, and I want us to look right into our own eyes and say, for all that is to come, yes. Let's say that together. For all that is to come, yes. Doesn't that feel good? Like when we let go of any limitation or idea of, 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 of the gunk, that's a very ministerial word, when we let go of the gunk and we say, yes, I am open and I am receptive to all the good that there is for me, for all that is to come, yes. thinking about expectations too, you know, here's the thing about expectations. <laughs> Today's all about expectations, clearly. The, the, the thing about expectations too is that it always puts us into the future. And I think that's something that we need to, you know, perhaps sometimes step back from. Now, we can live in the expectation of what is in this moment, 
but I think a lot of us are thinking about what we are expecting to be. So let's pull that expectation back. Let's consistently pull it back to what is in this moment. And even in stating for all that is to come, which is putting it in the future, right? When we exclaim, yes, let us make that a present moment experience. For all that is to come, it is a yes right here and right now. We get to decide whether we are living in the state of mind that we call heaven or the state of mind that we call hell right now. And I choose to live in a state of mind that I call heaven. We either get to suffer in the depths or we get to be at the top of the world. I thought about this, you know, I just got back from Colorado. Some of you who are connected with me on social media will have seen some of the pictures and stuff that I, that I posted on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. One of the things that I did is I went to the top of Pikes Peak. Do you know Pikes Peak? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it is the highest, um, it is the tallest, what, the, what they call the tallest elevation at uh, the southern face of the Rockies. I forget how they describe it exactly. Anyway, the top is 14,110 feet. First of all, it's really hard to breathe up there. I mean, you just go for a little stroll. Whew, you're out of breath real fast. It was also 27 degrees at the top. And you're above the timberline, so there is no windbreak. So it's 27 degrees, it is really windy. They're in the process of reconstructing their visitor center, so we spent the entire time outside in the freezing cold, and all I had brought was a sweater. <laughs> but as I stood out there, and you know, they've got these walkways, as I stood out there, I just took in the vista that was before me. And if you ever have the experience, I mean, I think many of us have had experiences like this where we can take in a vista and we can either choose to let it make us feel insignificant or we can decide to understand our significance as part of this magnificent wholeness. Which are you expecting now? As I stood there, taking it all in, shivering. <laughs> I really took to heart the understanding that I am significant within all of this that I see before me. And I allowed myself to take time in silence, even with the other 200 people that were there. It's a cog rail that you, that you can uh, go up to the to the top of Pikes Peak. And so there were 200 people who were on the train with me. And even with all of this energy going around, I said, I choose to be in the silence to settle into my understanding that I am significant in all of this. And I think we should all take that to heart, allowing that time of silence, that time of reflection. In the attitude of silence, the soul finds a path in a clearer light. And what is elusive and deceptive resolves itself in a clearer light. <sighs> Being at the top of the world can open us up to finding that light within. Those words, by the way, are the words of Mahatma Gandhi. In the attitude of silence, the soul finds a path in a clearer light. And what is elusive and deceptive resolves itself in a clearer light. 
So what are you willing to release today to find yourself at the top of the peak, at the top of the world, and illuminate yourself into a deeper understanding? Perhaps what needs to be released is the sense that anything can be taken away. We can only feel we've lost something if we feel we have lost something. Think about it. We can only feel that we have lost something if we feel that we have lost something. There's a parable in scripture, Matthew chapter 20, the parable of the vineyard and the workers in the vineyard. And I'm not gonna read it chapter and verse, but basically what happens is there's a man who owns a vineyard and he is looking to hire workers to work in his vineyard. And so he goes in the morning and he hires workers and he says, I'm gonna pay you X amount to work in my vineyard. And so the workers say, yes, I'll, yes, I will do that. And they go and they work in the vineyard and the owner is very pleased, great, wonderful. And he finds his way back later in the afternoon, much later in the afternoon, and he sees some other workers who had not had work that day. And he says to them, why haven't you been working? And they say, well, we haven't had the opportunity. He said, well, please, you can work in my vineyard and I will pay you to work in my vineyard. And so these workers come late in the afternoon and they work in the vineyard. And then when the day is complete, the workers come and they are expecting to be paid. And so the owner pays to the workers who came late in the afternoon a certain amount that was agreed upon. And then the workers who came in the first thing in the morning, he pays them that same amount, which was the amount that they had agreed upon. And the workers who came in the morning said, they were only here in the afternoon. Why did you pay them the same? And he said, because we all agreed on what it was we were worth. The kingdom of heaven is like the landowner. It is a state of mind and the kingdom of heaven is like that landowner who hires those servants, those laborers. He hires them and understands his own sense of worth. They understand their own sense of worth. And we will always only receive what we feel we are worthy of receiving. That's the lesson. So what is it you are expecting in terms of your own sense of self-worth? Can you let that go and rise to a higher elevation, to stand on the top of the world and understand your significance, that you are worthy of having it all, not because of anything you do, but just because of who you are, because that is your established premise in mind. Charles Fillmore said, a healthy state of mind is attained when the thinker willingly lets go of old thoughts and takes on the new. So are you willing to stand at the top of the world, take on a new thought, understand your inherent value, your significance in this thing called life, and let go of anything that no longer serves?
stand at the top of the world and stake your claim. You know, I repeat every single week because I really do desire to, to normalize our understanding of our inherent magnificence, which is why every single week we invite the new people to stand up and we say, you are magnificent. And then I say to each of us, let us exclaim for ourselves, I am magnificent. I want to normalize that because for many people, the very claim, I am magnificent is uncomfortable. I'm not going to ask for hands, but just check in to see how comfortable it was for you to say, I am magnificent. I want us all to find a deeper level of comfort. I want us all to take that away. Do you believe it? Are you starting to believe it? And if you are not, you know what? Let yourself off the hook for not believing it. That's okay too, because we are each and every one of us on this journey of deepening our understanding of our worth. So what proves to you that you are magnificent? Are you looking out there or are you looking here? Because this is where you can find the proof of your magnificence. I will consistently say it. I will keep telling you every single week, you are magnificent. You know, it's funny, I have a phone message on my, out, like, if you call in and you get my voicemail here in the office, I do say, you are magnificent on the outgoing message, and every single time people come at they say, thank you for letting me, thank you for reminding me. I am so grateful that you reminded me that I am magnificent. You, each and every one of you, are like that, the top of Pike's Peak, standing tall and unique, and we should celebrate our inherent worth, our uniqueness, our individualization of this magnificent power and presence that we call God. Celebrate it here today. Each and every one of us is at the top of the world, and you know what? We are the ones we have been waiting for. So let us move forth with peace and blessings, and let us all remember, you, I, we are magnificent. <clears throat> so the homework this week, I'm going to have to go back in my notes and see what the quote was. <laughs> For all that is to come, yes, right? It was something like that. <laughs> Here's the thing. It'll go into the email. <laughs> if you get our emails, I do put the homework in the email every, every, uh, every Monday. Uh, for all, yeah, it is. For all that is to come, yes. I want us all to stand up and say that in the mirror every single day this week. <laughs> the other part of the homework is to live in expectation of your best life. Live in expectation of your best life. Detach from the things that no longer serve you. And each day, I want us to notice and write down one to three things that are unique about each and every one of us. I want you to identify what it is that makes you unique. That's the homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.